Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So I, I know you've got a lot going on. But remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7. Ready? Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels Video Game Music Podcast. This is episode 37-7, our eighth anniversary show. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. Every week we listen to, every week, every episode, we listen to great video game music <laughs> from all all consoles and all generations. We well, played some tracks, we listen to it, we get, get a fun topic, and we chat. And um, you know, it's, it's been a little while since we've actually been in the same room, and it's been a little while since we've done a live show. So. Well, let's be honest, though. Even yeah. if we don't record every week nowadays, the music don't stop. Every week we do listen to a great video. We, we do. We do music. listen to music. Yeah, we, we listen to music. We just don't listen to it with you. Yeah. So, so for that, I will never apologize. <laughs> that's fine. Um, but yeah, this is our, our eighth anniversary, our podcast anniversary. Um, which I'm, I'm proud of. I'm proud of having all this uh, uh, under my belt, you know? It's an interesting vibe to have in general. Like, when we started this, our lives were in completely different places. Yeah. We knew completely different people. We had different jobs. We had different homes. I know. I, I was a completely different person. And it's funny, like, so I had a kid this year in, um, excuse me, at the beginning of January. So, and looking back on the episodes, like every month is like a completely different life Yeah, <laughs> when you're raising a baby. So it's like, wow, March was so different. Oh my God, April. <laughs> April is so different. Like, uh, it's just so strange. It's so, so strange. When, when, when we were going through the process and we were, and we were placed and everything, I was like, Pernell, okay, let's, let's, let's see how, how we can keep doing the show, maybe weekly, maybe every other week. But let's not do any guests for a while because now, it's too much to, too much to, to manage. We've had so many guests this year, mm-hmm. so many, like more than we've ever had. But that's the thing, though. Like that's because of the fact that, and I still chuckle at this. I'll never stop acknowledging that that I'm a workaholic. No, no, that was always true. It's <laughs> the fact that you were like, well, we'll continue recording weekly, maybe just not have guests. And I just kind of laughed. I was like, weekly, you say? <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll yeah. see how that Sure, goes. weekly. Yeah, that's you really funny. think you're going to have that level of energy with this? Like, I've never had a kid. I've never had that situation. But one, I was there when my nephew was raised yeah. and growing up with him. And I've seen other people go through this rigmarole enough to be like, you're going to be tired. All the time. I mean, I knew it. I knew it. I just knew. I just didn't realize how how much of the emotional tiredness would be taking over the the physical tiredness and then turn into physical tiredness. Mm-hmm. Because I'm still trying to exercise for my own health. You know, just try to keep it going, and it's very difficult to 
not just to, to fit it all in, but to have the energy for all, all of it, mm-hmm. for all of it. So, but um, I've had great friends, great family um, helping us and just, um, you know, to being with us. So that's been really great. But yeah, we've had a lot of guests. We've had uh, Shell. Mm-hmm. We've had Chris Shenstrom. Yeah, Chris Weisner. Chris Weisner, which is one of our, our most popular episodes this it year. It was the most popular, the most popular episode, episode this year. Um, yeah, I mean, we had oh, those two guys from that, that game. Oh, the, the, the T-Boy table. T-Boy's tables. Are, are they all right? I haven't followed up so with them So fun at all. fact, at PAX Unplugged this year, yeah. um, I went to an Unpub panel with Mark, and while we're sitting there, towards the end of it, Terrence is in there. I didn't recognize him. Oh. He walked at the time at me. I recognized when he walked up to me. He came. I was like, hey, Pernell, how you doing, man? I was like, oh, snap. <laughs> You're in this panel, too. Keep in mind, this con has like 30,000 people oh, yeah. at any given time. And we happened to be at the same panel at like 10, 15 at night on a Saturday. <laughs> and he walks up and says, hey, man, how you doing, man? I really appreciate being on your show. You know, how you doing? We're catching up, talking about games we liked at the con and all that. Um, it was nice. It was a, it was really nice talking to them. They're still doing well, but they acknowledge that they were not paying to come back to PAX as, as booth holders because it's mm. expensive. They charge a lot for table space. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, it's 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 competitive. You know, people want to be there because it's like the biggest board game convention in the country, probably. Yeah, it, I think at this point it yeah. is. It's between that and Dice Tower, but I'm almost positive that, that no, it's between that and Origins, Origins. and I'm almost positive that and Gen Con. But I feel like PAX has taken them. Gen Con's like in the Midwest, right? Yes. Yeah. But PAX is purely board games. And I want to say Gen Con and Origins have some crossover type stuff. I was, on. I mean, they have the space. I mean, that the, the Philadelphia Convention Center is massive. And they so. don't even use a fraction of it. Yeah, really? Yeah, there's oh, still wow. tons of space they could take out there. That's amazing. But it, it, it too, was... Too many games this year. That was awesome. Because I felt like they finally have used that space like really well, and we had a panel there, which was like this was during and, during baby time, and I had a panel. Yeah, I'm telling you, I'm doing things. I'm just I'm not going to Magfest this year. <laughs> yeah, and I don't blame you. I'll be there for one day, and I'm I'm commuting both ways the same day, so been, that's going to be a trip. I've been fighting work from um, from going on uh, trips to conferences and stuff, so this year I have to start doing it again. Oh, so oh man. So that my time away is going to be like, all right, I'll just get work done. You know what that means? Time to get a baby papoose. (laughs) Well, I mean, like once he's a little bit older, maybe another year or two, it'd be fun to like really like take him with us to like the one in Las Vegas or there's this one at the one at the Gaylord in Florida. It's Mm -hmm. like it's it's a resort for kids. So it should be a lot of fun. They're gonna have one out. They're gonna have like a you know panel at a Raffi concert. That would be a kismet scenario. I know if Raffi just showed up to one of these security conferences, it would be a big deal. Bam! Red Hat featuring Raffi. Yeah, Raffi the Black Hat. <laughs> <laughs> he sings songs. He sings songs about ethical hacking. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. Curly <laughs> Kevin to podcasting because we are totally getting Chris Weisner back on the show. Yes. He's already got a topic in mind and everything. This oh, good. Guy is oh, rolling. Yeah, yeah. Chris Weisner. Um, the wise guy, uh, Cameron, Cameron, uh, Cameron Childs from the for the Mad Gear. He was supposed to come on a couple times. We never, never got a. We never, never sync it up. We never synced it up right, so that's okay because he's got kids too. So, um, but we'll figure that one out. Um, but that was that was on the deck too. Yeah, so I, give us a little bit more. You know, give us some time. Give us some history in the in the the year in Nichols. What's going on? Oh man, <laughs> what has been going on? And what in regards to what life like? Summarize your year. What's kind of what has it been? Adjusting everything, <laughs> and and um, accepting that I will never be on time for things again. <laughs> <laughs> um, it'll it'll, it'll it, I mean I've never really been that on time for things. Um, 
I don't know. It's just been a big adjustment. It's just been a big adjustment. I feel like um, I've seen other people go through the same thing, and it was terrifying. Go through like like raise having a baby. And then so every year in every big development, like the walking and the talking, I get like, I'm terrified of that. But then once you're in it, mm-hmm. like you just, you just do it. So then it's not scary anymore. You put on your Nikes, you lace so them up. So when like other parents are like, oh, you're going to hate this. It's going to be, going to be scary. I'm like, I know, don't tell me that. <laughs> I don't need to know that. I'll cross that bridge when I get there because once I'm there, I'm I'm, that'll be my world. That's gonna be my life. Well, let's be honest. Good. You don't need someone to tell you that changing diapers isn't grand. I know. You just, I, I know. Like, oh, I a lot of diapers. And then like uh, uh, our friend came over with his uh, four-year-old, and he was running around acting crazy. Like, oh, once they start running and talking, that's like, I'm like, yeah, I know. It's fine. I can't wait for him to run and talk. Yeah, that's if anything you want. That's right. That. I didn't say walk. I said run. <laughs> I want my kid to go nuts. <laughs> If anything, that's just the. I feel like you'd rather have that a kid that's talking to you, and the yeah. closer, they, the sooner they're talking, yeah, yeah. the sooner they might be able to understand things you like to talk about. Yeah, and you can share activities together because right now your baby is just this lump of like activity mm. that you're trying to nurture. Yeah, but once they get to the point where it's like they understand colors and shapes, you might be like, "Hey, you want to play Candyland?" <laughs> and even though Candyland as a game in general is kind of eh. With your kid, it's like my kid recognized that the lollipops, the lollipop forest is a great place to be. You know, it's just this cool vibe of like engaging with your child that I think is what you want to look for. Oh, absolutely. To. Yeah. I mean, other than that, it's just been like readjusting my life. Like, uh, um, work has been normal. Um, it hasn't really changed a whole, whole lot aside from just, you know, pandemic changing the way we do things. Um, but then like trying to find time for games and for exercise like first it was you know getting up before everybody Mm -hmm. and then that suddenly changed once he started getting up before I was getting up which is crazy because that's really early Um, and then finding time to do things like on lunch breaks and after work and after he goes down and just getting like into a groove of the dad the dadding you bust a groove I'm, I'm busting it I'm busting it all up (laughs) <laughs> so, um, what about you? You've had a lot of stuff this year. Yeah, life has a lot, been a lot of big things. Life has been weird, very weird. Uh, I go. I went to San Francisco for the first time this year to attend a friend's wedding, and while there, I was able to visit with friend and also patron um, Brooke, um, and we hung out for a bit, played board games. I I think I mentioned on the show back then I ate a freaking edible out there for the very first time because <laughs> out there it's cool and what it resulted in was one of the most embarrassing yet also hilarious experiences where I thought my friend was trying to cook and eat me. Uh, Our downloads have actually gone up even though we're 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 producing less. I'm just that, that that email just came up. I'm very pleased about that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. No, so like great. <laughs> I did the San Francisco thing. Yeah. I hung out with a bunch of friends. Um. The summer was, I feel like there wasn't a ton. To, we had the panel, which we already talked about. Mm-hmm. I can't think of too many crazy things that happened during the summer. Uh, but towards the end of the year, things got a little dicey because due to a series of life events, I decided I wanted to try to find another job. And due to some weird coincidences, I managed to get interviewed for one and obtain one. So my life has changed a lot, uh, yeah. a whole lot there. Uh, I got a new job. I work from home now. Um I am trying to make sense of what is going to happen with me going forward. But what I can say is that my frame of my thought, my frame of thought has improved. Mm-hmm. My finances have improved, and I feel just better. Like I don't know how else to explain it. Well, you feel. I feel like before your employment was like you weren't proud of it. 
Well, because I was proud of the job, but not what it meant out socially, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You weren't proud of it. You, 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 you didn't, you weren't, it wasn't confidence building. Yes. Now this is confidence building. Absolutely. Because yeah. now I Which can. I'm, yeah, and I'm really proud of you for that. I appreciate yeah, that. That was a lot of work. And it's, and it's still going to be, but I have had moments now where it's like, I was able to show people, like, wait a minute, I actually understand what I'm talking about. And people that have been there longer than me are like, wow, this guy's smart. I'm yeah. like, someone just call me smart. <laughs> no one does that. Uh, so it's been pretty cool there. Uh, I'm trying to get myself back into the fitness groove because I, quite frankly, did trail off a little bit between some vacation trips and stuff and just trying to get acclimated with this job. I went to Universal Studios for the very first time. It was that thing that, as a kid, my mom always was like, when I get some money, I'm taking you kids to Disneyland and Universal Studios. <laughs> That's that's where you should have done the edibles. Oh God, no! <laughs> God, no! That would have been hell on earth. Oh, that's so Are much you? Fun. No, it's not. First of all, Universal Studios visually looks awesome. Mm-hmm. It's such an income disparity display, though. It's oh, it's yeah. an like. So I went, and my friend was like, "Hey, Pernell, um, we're going to go. You just got to buy your pass, and we'll cover like lodgings and stuff." And I was like, "That's really cool. Thanks. It makes us all can afford to go." And then you're like, we're going to get express passes. And I was like, I'm not paying for an express pass. Are you kidding me? And they go, well, how about this? We'll pay for your express pass so that you can join us. And trust me when I say, when you see why, you're going to realize you needed an express pass. And she wasn't kidding. To get an express pass plus your normal badge, it costs about $550 total. Just for the pass. For the pass plus express pass. It's the combined. It's two different passes you got to buy. And How many with, days is that, is that? Just for one day. For one day to be in the park with an express pass is $550. And then if you don't have the pass, it takes you, I will say, five times as long to get on any rides. You could totally be in that park for an entire day and ride maybe one or two rides total yeah. from open to close. Oh, my god, It's insane. <laughs> and I'm sitting there thinking, like, imagine being that family who's like, like my mom was, where it's like, you work, you scrimp, you save to get your family down there for one day. That's like your dream th- thing to do. You get in there and you can't do anything. Yeah. Like Curly kept it, parking is $20. It's like you'll be broke before you even get to experience the park. And then you just to watch these people with more cash just fly ahead of you on the line. It's just an insult. My Dufftober from Moe's Tavern cost me $15. Oh, no. I, I was like, how much for a Duff? He's like, well, we're out of Flaming Moe's, but mm. we can get a Duff, and we have Dufftober. I was like, how much? is like, He's like, Duff is $13, and Dufftober is $15. I was like, are you, what? I was like, do it for the meme. Do it for the fact that I want to have a beer at Moe's Tavern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's is all it, I'm doing yeah, this yeah, for. Yeah, yeah, you really have to decide, like, what's important to you at that time. Like, okay, I know this is all, like, luxury. This is all just frivolous, you know, fun stuff, but, like, what what's really worth it to me? And all it was yeah. for me was that yeah. I got on the Velocicoaster, which was the Jurassic Park roller coaster. Cool. And uh, I had a voodoo donut or two and some macarons. To me, that was like the things that defined the park. Also, the Simpsons ride. Everything else was just like eye candy, and I was not really pushing. It's like, so would you come back? I was like, nope. I came yeah. one time, I experienced it, and now that I've seen what it's like, unless people I was with wanted to really come here, I have no interest in going yeah, back. Yeah, for me, I feel like it's like I'm not a big fan of like rides, like roller coasters and things like that, but I do like like the experience of like of, of the idea of like oh now you're gonna walk through hard Hogwarts and you can see the buildings and walk through shops like that's cool to me I got that's a fun that's a fun idea for me but otherwise yeah it's like it's cool right I'm not, I'm not it, gonna do it, the other stuff yeah. is it three hundred dollar pass cool I don't know. 
I don't know. Yeah, because that's what you're paying to when, see when Hogwarts. When my son gets a little older, I have no idea what he's going to be into. Yeah, and there yeah. lies a rub. If he wants to go, you're like, well, let's save yeah, it for Hogwarts. Totally <laughs> I'm going to get him there. Yeah. So, But all in all, that's been my year. And I will say the last thing I'll say before we get to the nitty gritty of it all is, yes, I still play my video games. I got my Switch here. I got my Steam Deck here. I resisted the temptation of getting an OLED because I'm not getting beat over the head by Steam t- for Val- by Valve two years in a row. Screw that. Um, but the Steam Deck is still the choice console. I mean, if you look at my game, my hourly played for the year, my Steam Deck eclipses my Switch like threefold. But my Switch still got like hundreds of hours on it uh, just from playing like Disgaea and Labyrinth of Refrain. And that was all it took. I know because, like, because you go to like the diner like on a Sunday, and I'm sure you've got your your, your Steam Deck out and you're playing through whatever. So, mm-hmm. yeah, right now it's Octopath Traveler. So do you think that in 2024 you're going to continue to review play review games as as much as you did this year? That's been a huge com- conflict for me. And the cry- like-, like my thing is this, and, yeah. it, and I'll mention this. This is one tangent related. So I went to PAX. And when I go, yeah, as you know, I get the media pass when I go to PAX. So as I walked into the door with Mark, I'm like, okay, I guess now I got to stuff. I want to go figure out what booths I'm going to walk to to get review copies. And Mark goes, why are you doing that? I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, you can afford the games. If you want the game, you can buy the game and then talk about it if you want to. You're not beholden to anybody's needs to review their games. You don't need them. And I was like, that's a damn good point. I don't need review copies anymore. So what I thought I was going to do, and I'll see if I do that going into next year, is I still want to be on SML. I want to be a contributor. I don't see myself reviewing at the volume I'm doing right now, though. Yeah. So it might be like, hey, if a game comes out and I want to try it, I might buy it and mess with it. If Joe's like, hey, I got this game, you want to try to review it? And I don't have a ton on my plate. I'm like, I can review one game or so. Yeah, Give actually, me a game I, to play. I feel like that's the... At the velocity that you, you were, that they were sending you stuff to to play and review, it, it was like a job. It yeah. was like work because these are games you probably wouldn't even checked out. Maybe you liked it enough, but like your time is finite. Yes, so, and that's and therein lies the yeah, rub. It's the yeah. finite time. The benefit was that I got tracked sometimes for the show. That I was like, wow, this is a game I would have never yeah, played. That, it has great music for this show. Uh, also, sometimes I would discover games that yeah. way, but. Even still, if it was a game I want to even just dabble in, a $10, $20 here to try a game out, I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'd rather do that it's than not, be required to get it ready by next week. Yeah, yeah. It's not your responsibility to, to do this for, for the game developers. They should come out to you or to somebody else to be like, okay. Yeah. Somebody's so, getting paid to do the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in the end, I will still do reviews, but I do feel as though I'm going to take a step back on like how the volume I take in. Yeah. And not let myself be like you know convinced to do more because I don't need to. I have things I want to do beyond that. I got I I was talking to Rob earlier. I have to decide tonight if I want to be in a play. I got audition. I auditioned and got a role on a play, but I don't know yeah, if I want to do it. Tom I don't have time. That you, like, oh yeah, they're just trying to figure out like what role they want to put him into. And I was like, I, I don't know if Pernell wants to do that. Oh, they had me down by immediately. She already knew what she wanted me to do. She just was waiting for Thursday because <laughs> they were like, we'll get back to people by the weekend. She got that to me Thursday night. When the interview, when the final auditions ended Thursday at nine o'clock, I got an email in my box at ten o'clock mm. saying we want you for this role. Yeah, I was they, like, they're Geez. Not, yeah, they're not messing around. They're not slowing down. That's, yeah. that's funny. Uh, we should get into things. This is our podcast anniversary show, our anniversary show where we are going to look back on our past episodes 
and play our, hopefully, get through all of our top 10 favorite songs of the past year. Oh, man. Um, so uh, this is a odd-numbered episode. So we're, we're not going to we're gonna listen to the music, but we're not going to, like, let, we're not going to let the whole thing breathe because, you know, we played this music on the show before. So I feel like we'll kind of, like, let it go, and then we'll start chatting right afterwards and roll into the next one because we got 20 tracks to get through today. And it was... We've already talked for almost 20 minutes. And I'm going to tell you something. I think Rob will agree with me here. It was... Even though we haven't done as many episodes this year... It didn't change the fact that it was really hard to choose ten tracks there for were, this year. I got some really like I there were some that really stuck out. There were some that I didn't even mention on the show, like, oh, this is going to be in my top ten. But there were some that like, wow, this was really good and, and um I ended up with a lot more than ten. So we're gonna have to just we're gonna have to play that one by ear. So what do you wanna start with? Okay, I'm probably gonna hit mine in order of the year as opposed to like my top. If I say it's my favorite track, I'll just outright state it was. <laughs> okay. Um but this first track comes from episode thirty-five six, our games of twenty-two, released on January fourth, twenty twenty-three. Mm. Uh and the track is from As Libra, because of course I'm gonna bring up As Libra. Uh the track title was called Lava Belt, and the composer was Taz. That's so good. Oh, it's a fantastic that, track. That, that, the repeat of that. Da, 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 it's so cool. Like, That's such a cool. I had to fit Ass Libra into this roster. Like, it's, It is a game that I will admit there's like aspects of the narrative where it's just like dopey anime tropey in the worst way, not the good way. <laughs> but uh, yeah. the general plot, the gameplay, the music, they're addictive and fun in such a great way. Um, I... I can't sing this game's praises enough. It's funny too because when the game of the when we're doing the hey poor player uh, game of the year votes, um, Francis was like, you know, by the way, you, I'm surprised you didn't vote for Ass Libra because you know it came out for the Switch this year, and I was like, no, nah, that would be cheating because I've already voted for it for the PC last year. I'm not going to double dip on the vote of a game. I'm going to yeah. give it to something else. But trust me when I tell you, it is still peak. And the fun factor for me. I love this game. I'm still playing through it because I say you talked about it a number of times. Like, I know you're still playing this. I'm actually still playing. It. Yeah, like it's one of those games where I refuse to let it sit by. Like I've been, I should have beaten it by now in, in a normal gamer standard. Mm-hmm. But this is me we're talking about. So the fact that I'm just still pushing through it is enough to show that I still love this game and want to see it to the end. It's it's so freaking good. So so good. And I'm pretty much in the final chapters now, so I know I made progress. I'm about to wrap it up. So. I just um, when we first started playing 
music from this game, I just, you just, I never really thought about it. And then I just, um, you just kept saying, ask Libra, ask Libra, ask Libra. I'm like, okay, ask, got it. Libra, got it. There it is. Check this out. Sham Rockstar says, pick this game up based on the recommendations. It stays in my rotation of games on my Steam Deck. I pop into it while I sip on my coffee. Kindred spirits, my friend, because that's <laughs> that's one of the things I use it for, too. I love this game. <laughs> Ask Libra. Ask Libra. <laughs> I'm just saying, it just all does, it just all does it to me. Um, all right. You know, let's stay on some uh, some adventure game RPG style. We're going to Star Ocean, The Last Hope, music by Matoy Sakuraba. This is from 36-9, The Return to VGM. This is after a little uh, like month hiatus that we had. And this is music by Matoy Sakuraba, Night of the Chase from Ooh. Star Ocean. <laughs> So, a lot of my picks came down to sort of like the jazzy fusion style music. Now, a lot of which you played on the show. Like this is normally stuff that I would be seeking out and be like, "Yeah, this is this is funky, this is jazzy," and you're like, "This doesn't sound. This doesn't have. This doesn't make me feel panicked enough." Yes. Yeah. So this. So you you pick some of these tracks. I'm like, "Oh, this is amazing." Also, but Rob, Rob, I am a multifaceted music connoisseur. I know. You see. I know. I know. You like a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have you have a lot, yeah, but 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 I will say because I, I mix these shows. <laughs> when it comes down to it, the majority of these tracks that you pick are like got a little bit more heavy guitar going on. The the tempo is a bit faster. Um, you know, it's, it's got it's got kind of a fun, a more fun sound to it. And it's kind of fun too because as Martyrus and Musashi too and um, Chris mentioned in the chat. Um, this is like pretty fresh for a lot of people because Star Ocean: The Second Story's re-release came out back in November. That's right. So that, that was are, on PS2, right? The original was on PS1, and mm-hmm. this remake is on PS5 and oh. Series X and Steam. I borrowed one and from Switch. you ages ago on the PS2. I forget. I thought that was. It was second probably story. till the end of time. Till the end of time. That's the. One. It was like spacey. Yeah, the like one sci-fi. with that people. A lot of people hated on because the magical twist of the game is that you're in a video game simulation. Yeah, that was kind of lame. I, 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 I didn't finish it. I didn't finish it. But I also, actually like the twist. This might be weird. I'm not great at action RPGs to begin with. So, um, yeah, but, they're they're hard to get used to. I will say, and Chris, since he actually beat the remake last month, he could be a better judge of this. But I feel like in the remake, they may have made the action combat a bit easier to handle. Well, okay. So it might I be like worth that. giving a try when it's on sale or something. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're down to number. That was number ten. This is the number ten. This is how hard we're going on at number ten. Well, remember, mine is not in order, but this no, one What's will, your number nine? 
I'm going to say this isn't even number nine. This is probably one of my top three tracks of the year by oh, far. Okay. But I'm going in. I'm sticking with it in order by date. So this came from episode 35-7, MAGFest Reflections, mm. released on January 18th, 2023. That was a good one. And this comes from the game FX Unit Yuki, and the track is called Invasion of Castle Kilmara, composed by Garbled Waves. This is from Invasion of Castle Kilmara from the game FX Unit Yuki, and this is released by Garbled Waves. And the game is actually a fan project game that was put out meant for the Turbo, like basically the PC Engine FX, which is where the name comes oh, in. FX Unit Yuki, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I believe it got ported to some other systems, like the Dreamcast, possibly the Genesis. I don't oh, know. Oh, I remember. Yeah, I do remember looking up this one when we had it on the show. Yeah, there was. I saw a Dreamcast port for it. It, yeah. And it's like it's basically uh, meant to be like a game that takes it pays homage to a number of different. It's like a Castlevania theme stage, a Bonk's Adventure theme stage, uh, a couple other games like that. And this particular level is themed after Lords of Thunder, so oh. it's actually a shmup stage. Oh, hence the music. Uh huh. Yeah, the music's got that sound to it. That's and, cool. And it's a really lengthy stage, and it would have annoyed the crap out of me if it weren't for the fact that this track is just so good. <laughs> Francis forced me to play it at one of his business at one of the visits to his house. Oh yeah. And it went from me being like, I don't want to play this blasted game. He's like, holy crap, I'm gonna beat this today. <laughs> I played the whole game in one sitting. It was great. Um yeah, I recommend this game to people to give a try if they come across it in the wild and you can emulate it if you can buy it to support the developer. Whatever you do. However you can get all that. And then you can get the you can get the soundtrack from Bandcamp too yeah. as well. If you don't play the game, yeah, I high I yeah. wholeheartedly recommend going Gar- and grabbing that album. Garbledwaves.bandcamp.com. You can get it there. Um, Every track on this game is great. <laughs> so we're going to my next pick. This uh these two are really good. I'm gonna pick I'm gonna start with this one. I think both of these you picked. <laughs> this is from the okay, this is from the game Afterthought. Um, oh yeah, yeah. That was from episode thirty-six two, Wild Carding Out, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, with uh, music by Krishna L- L- Krishna Lungala, David Dyside Nawanti, and Kiri Kawai. This is inventive. Sorry, incentive structure.
definitely a track that you picked on the show. Mm-hmm. This is one of those games that goes back. Like it was a review game I did, mm-hmm. and the music and the vibe gave me like nice chill vibes to it. I love the music in this game. Yeah. Uh, what's the game about? Hard to say. What I do remember is that you were a character who was like kind of living in like a sort of like very artsy drab world, and you were dealing with some emotional complexities. Mm-hmm. But the game conveys that through platforming and is highly inspired to speedrunners. It's like it's meant for speedrunners uh, to play. It's got like things like the Sonic Drop Dash where you're supposed to teach you like run, dash, jump up, and then stomp down and then immediately launch into another dash. Oh, wow. So, so you're like you're linking moves. So you're always like kind of linking moves to keep your momentum going. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what, what did I play that was... Um, a dust force was was like mm-hmm. a very momentum based, and you're just trying to get like the perfect run to get the highest score. That is a very good comparison yeah. to this game. Okay, it even has the vibe where it's like you hit specific enemy types to keep your momentum going, and others will slow you down. Mm. So you want to avoid the bad enemies, hit the good enemies, and keep your di- keep your dash going. It's a it's yeah. a game. I like that as a as a metaphor for like a mental state because I play these types of games. I have played these types of games for my mental state because I get you get into like a zone and a rhythm and. And your brain just starts to like kind of it's it's like very therapeutic I find like uh, not just those types of games but also like bullet hell style anything that takes like all of your concentration away into it and you start to you start to get into the zone and, and flow. I love something that just came up here. I agree with that 100. Yeah. Oh, yeah. percent Flow games are I I look for more did flow we do games. A, did we do a flow game episode? I I'm not sure. I want to we need to look into it because if we did, it's time to. Uh, <laughs> EB goes, what's this game about? Hard to say is something I'm going to use from now on. I got to tell you, man, like Rob mentioned earlier, the volume of games I end up dipping my toe in per year, (laughs) it is really hard to keep track sometimes. Like there are certain ones, like the ones that truly stick with you. Oh, absolutely. It's like, what's the game? Oh, check this out. But even if the game kind of sticks with you, if the narrative is kind of convoluted or quote unquote, Artsy, yeah. That sense, it can be hard to say. It can be very hard, hard to, to say. say. Like this game is yeah. about a person who wears lots of hats <laughs> yeah. and they swap them sometimes because they like to feel comfortable. Yeah, because they want to be cute. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, okay, let's play some more music and then we'll get into some uh, listener letters. I like letters. You like to, you like to read letters. They make me feel like a big man. I'm a man of letters. Right. <laughs> What's your next one then? All right, so the next one is actually I'm going to label it as tracks that were brought onto the show that surprised me oh. enough that I've wanted to mention it on this episode. This comes from episode 36-3, Plants with Chris from Gameable Audio, released on April 5th, 2023. And the track title is called Eviltronic Tilt from the game Wonderling, composed by Oscar Ratvader Rydelius.
good. It's it's like um like a big band like uh, like, like you, you hear a trumpet playing that melody, but it's instead it's actually the sound effect of Mario shooting a fire. Plunk plunk plunk. Yeah, it's so good, man. That's this great. track is. Um, and Chris brought that on the show, right? Yes, yeah. He did. I, I love it when guests bring on like awesome music. <laughs> this is one of those random examples where oh, just to reiterate, this is from Wonderling, and the track title is called Eviltronic Tilt. Uh, this. He brought this track on the show, described the game. I purchased the game on the show, and I admittedly acknowledged at the time, I was like, I may never have time for this, mm. but I have to support this after the way you after the way you sold it to me. I'm going to give this game credit. So I bought it on the show, and I'm still glad I did it because it's it's great, man. So, And it was a surprise because, again, I had, I knew of the game's existence but didn't do much of looking into it or anything because you know, you're just inundated with media nowadays. Yeah, yeah. So I felt happy to have this brought to my attention. And it's also a large part of why I always specify for people, never feel like you're doing a disservice to your friends and your community by saying, hey, this is a really cool game. I think you should check it out because you never know what people aren't being able to play because, quite frankly, they just have too many choices. There's so much. Yeah, yeah. It's Recommendations are always or should always be welcome because of that. Yeah. Because yeah, it, be, it could be overwhelming. Um, so that was by that was submitted by Chris for the show. We have a letter from Chris. I'm going to read that one. Um, what a coincidence! He says, "Hello, Rob and Purnell. Um I love everyone. Just has adapted that spelling. This <laughs> is the way to go, Purnell. That's just it. Um, it is so much fun to hear your voices again. No, seriously, every episode you release is a blast." Rob, you're less and less gaming as you become a father, but still love to talk about games, and especially Street Fighter. It's been a while since last time, though. How's that going? <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. And then uh, Purnell, with, who, with such interest and passion for video games and board games, I even feel myself being behind on the knowledge, and that does not usually happen for me. <laughs> um, over, yeah, he does play a lot of other board games, too, right? Yeah. Um, over all these years, I've been following your podcast and then supporting you on Patreon, all because you do such an amazing job with both of your bright passion for podcasting and nerdy subjects. I do not remember when I started listening to the show, but I surely made sure to get a lot of my friends to listen when I found you guys. Also, in 2018, I started supporting you guys because you are totally worth it. But anyway, I don't have any specific or special moments in mind that I think stand out. Purnell has gotten me to buy games. Rob, you've gotten me to listen to music and more music genres than VGM. And to be honest, the next episode is always the one I'm looking forward to. Thank you both from the bottom of my heart and keep being awesome. This is from Chris Chris X Shenstrom from Gameable Audio. And it's always appreciated, Thank you. Thank man. You, yeah. Like he... He's actually like the board game guy in the chats too. Like I love when he's yeah. like, "Oh, I'm playing this game," or "Here's the games I got right now." And it's like, you know, thank you for being the guy that rolls with that hobby and gives us the ability to go. Oh man, somebody has to because I like the idea of that connection, the the bridge between the two hobbies. So, like to give an example, last night I played through Castlevania Bloodlines with my friend, and we played the game, finished it, had a good time. And the more I think about it, the more I realize that there's a reason why I started playing more board games than video games over the years. It's not because board games are miraculously the better thing. They have they both have different perks. But the trick is that there's there's a required social element to board gaming that video games don't have. And if you mm. notice from how we interact on this show and how I like to talk to people in the Discord and yeah. stuff, the social element is my favorite part of video games too. Yeah. And when that goes away, I feel less desire to play them, even if they're good games. So 
I feel like there's a natural bridge that can be made between the two hobbies. Yeah, so, you s- and you said, yeah, it's it's required. A social element is required with board games because you you have to do like you have to play. You're playing with a person in front of you rather than even online. Like, yeah. it's it's all there, and like that's so much more. It can be so much more exciting and interesting and just rewarding in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when he's like, "Hey, man, here's this game I was playing with my friends," it's nice to be like, "Oh, I see you're getting it in too. What did you think of it? Give us the details." And I'll do that anytime with a video game too, even if. And this is just to get this out there. If you might be like, "Hey, I'm posting in the Discord, but Pran didn't say anything." Just talk about the game anyway, because I have a bad habit of like, okay, I have time. I'm going to just bombard the Discord and follow up on everybody's comments. <laughs> you know I'm going to ask you what you thought of the game. You know I'm going to ask it's you, tell happen, me more right? about yeah, it. Yeah. So you better just like preempt that mess. Like, here's this game I just played. When you finally get around to this, Pernell, here's what I thought of it. And I, I love when you guys talk video and board games. And thank you very much, Chris, for sending that in. And keep being an awesome gent. And keep getting your interviews in. Honestly, one day we should go on his show. We should eventually, eventually. I mean, he really went out of his way for us because I know he's in a very different time zone. Mm-hmm. So making that happen is even harder. <laughs> Get that like anytime we had Mike Michael Bridgewater on, it was like, I know it's, one in the morning where you're <laughs> he's like i had to get through security to get to the booth all right um all right so my next track is from episode 37-1 the games we miss that was where we talked about uh, franchises and um, series of games that we would love to see come back mm-hmm. this is from hylix 2 the track is xeno arcadia and the composer is chuck crossover Crossover. Oh, we got a crossover. I mean, I could cross this out and choose a different track. Oh, look at that. That's actually worked out in your favor. Yes, it did. track that I picked for a special reason and it just measured up in just the right way. So this track is a fine example of connectedness in this hobby because this track was recommended to me by two people. One was by Rage Cage on his show because um, he did. Like he had an episode I can't remember what the theme was for the episode but he featured this track on the show and he said essentially that he went to a concert in San Francisco area, and the band um, Chuck Salam was like Chuck Salamanca or Chuck Salamone. He and his band were playing it there, mm. and the room just lit up when they heard it, and it drew him to want to learn more about the game and yada yada. And then not too long later, Brooke, who's a patron and fan of the show and friend in general, she submitted this track to our show <laughs> because she heard it at the exact same show, developed an affinity for it, and was like, I think you guys would love this track. And I was like, you know, 
I know someone else who loves that track, and he's also a friend of ours who lives out that way. So it was just like this really small world of like, you were both at the same concert at the same time, heard the same track, and both said, yeah, that's we want this on VGM Podcast. <laughs> so this is a gem, and I did end up buying the game because of that exchange. When I get around to it, well, who, knows, who, knows, who knows? But this, this track is fantastic. I love that bass lick. It's so much fun. And the way it builds up towards the end, it's so, so good. And it's just like, yeah. the, in the RPG, It's if you've never looked it up, like I said, this is another case of hard to describe, EB. Uh, but uh, if you give yourself a chance to look it up, it looks so weird. It's like claymation-looking elements to it. Uh, I don't even know what to go into it, but it has a look. It has a style that makes you say, you know, between this and the fact that it does genuinely have positive ratings on Steam, I'll just buy it and just see what it's like eventually. And that's my intent to do. I look forward to trying this game. So, so we got another like another uh, letter from a listener. Yes, we right. Do. It is from the last Reekin himself, Daryl. Um, and let's see what he had to say. Bear with me here as I'm drinking cherry blossom sparkling water. <laughs> so, hello, fellas. Man, 2023 has been a bit of an up and down year. This year brought a lot of new knife and a lot of new into my life. I moved into a bigger apartment with my partner and welcomed my fifth son. Yes, five people. And I am done in July. This year has also been a little rough. You know, other than some personal pride, I lost a dear friend of mine, which you both know about. Between the tri- By the way, the tribute show brought a tear to my eye, and I know Micah enjoyed it from somewhere up there. Yeah, it, that was heavy for us. and But he was a great dude. Um, but enough of that. Eight years. Most TV shows don't even last eight seasons. <laughs> it's like you two are close enough to have The Simpsons references to you in some way. Regardless, keep doing the good work and keep your heads held high. Because between Purnell's situation, which you are handling remarkably well, sir, and Rob becoming a father, which you are also doing a better job of than most who don't think otherwise, you two still crank out these AAA shows that help most of us through the week. So I dedicate this track to you, to Micah, and to anyone else who feels this year may or may not have been their best. Because, and here's where Purnell's words of wisdom come in, it doesn't matter what knocks you down what tries to stop you or whatever obstacle stand in your way. So long as you continue to get back up, it means absolutely nothing because it's all part of the process. So happy holidays to all of you. And I'll see y'all at mag signed Daryl. Now, yeah. Thank you very much, Daryl. Yeah. yeah. No, we're not the, this is not a, 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 a normal Patreon show. So I was like, I didn't ask for tracks. People, people sent me tracks anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but I honestly, there's something to be said about that. Like yeah. it's just a matter of, the appreciation element of like, hey, we love your show and we love you guys and we want to talk. Yeah, yeah. And, so. and honestly, I'm just happy to celebrate like what we've accomplished so far. You know, it, I'm, I'm pleased that oh, I, I'm genuinely proud of like all the episodes that we've produced. I feel like we've made some really good ones and we've made some okay ones, but I don't think we've made many bad ones. And, and we've done that a long time. Yeah, and there's yeah. something to be said about like what he said. Eight years. Like there's like Simpsons, like the Simpsons good years aren't necessarily eight years for some people. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I have personally always thought about the idea. And we've had these chats where it's like, man, I wonder if people still listen to our show or do we have more longevity that we lost any flair? But it's nice to see people write in, mm. listen to the show, talk to us and give an indication that quite frankly, 
they still just enjoy what we do. Yeah. We're yeah. not reinventing the wheel on episodes or anything. We're just doing what we do. Yeah. People I mean, like it. I've, in my mind, I've thought about format changes or do we switch to a different medium, um, like away from podcasting to something else. And I'm just, I've, we've got a good set up right here and um and and especially this year it's not the year to make those changes but <laughs> but it's you know after eight years you have to think like you know what's next you know podcasting had a big heyday maybe about 10 12 years ago and it's still a big thing now but it's not what it was well the thing is still but people still really listen to it and well get a you lot gotta remember it. though the thing that took over from podcasting is that really the thing you want to do which is pretty much you know like camming Hey, I'm Purnell, exactly. and I got these cool games on my you shelf. Mean you mean what we're doing right out? now? <laughs> yeah, but this is like a every once in a while thing. If you want to go hard on camming, oh, you got to do that like multiple days you a say, week. You keep saying camming. Because that's what it is. It's not just streaming. Oh, I know. Yeah, camming it's being is, on camera. It's yeah. on camera being like, today we're going to go over my board game Exactly. Collection. That's what I'm thinking. Like, like, would there be a fun visual element? There absolutely could be, but that's a lot more production. That And and, um, and also, um, and you're right. With podcasts, people expect... People don't expect you to go every week, and when if you do, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. With streaming and with video, it's like if you're not out there like every day, it's kind of like it's not as successful, right? So, and um, Chris knows that. Ex- like, expectations, is, yeah, expectations are wildly different. And yeah, to the and, point where I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah, I mean, the, the wise guy, wise guy knows what we're talking about because like he's really good with what he does, but he also has to keep a structure. He yeah. has a schedule. He knows what games he's playing through any given time. Speaking of structure, Pernell, what's your next track? <laughs> Yeah, I robbed it up. We have 14 more tracks to get through. We're going to be on it. Though it's funny, though, speaking of Chris, though, he's going to like my next few, actually, because they pretty much came from him. Um, This track comes from episode 36-7, Level Up, released on May 31st, 2023. This is from the game Octopath Traveler 2, Kate Battle, composed by Yasunori Nishiki. I love I love the Klezmer style. That's cool. I love this track so fucking much. This is from Octopath Traveler 2, uh, Kate Battle, composed by Yasunori Nishiki. And I'm 100%, 110% confident that Chris, um, the wise guy, submitted this track to the show. And between this track submission and his overwhelming enthusiasm for this game, he is the reason why I'm playing Octopath Traveler 1 at breakfast now. <laughs> <laughs> I've put in about 60 plus I mean, hours so far in the game. It's a big one. People have put like hundreds of hours into these games. By the time it's done, I will be over 100. No problem. Like I just beat chapter 2 for Alfin, and for some characters, I'm up to chapter 4. Mm-hmm. And I think it ends at 5 chapters per character, more or less. I'm not sure, but I think it's 5 per character. And there's 8 characters? 8 characters. Okay, I was going to say, there better be 8. It's called the Octopath, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Something's wrong. Yeah, something's something's wrong if it's not. But, like, the game, the thing that was always interesting to me is that people said the second game just improves over the first leaps and bounds. 
And I like the first with a few issues, but not enough to kill the game as a whole. So I'm like, I want to finish it before moving on to the second one. But I look forward to outright seeing what the second does that is so much better than the first. And I want to experience it myself. So I'm determined to get there. When that happens, I have no idea. But I'm determined to beat Octopath Traveler, and I've been consistent with playing it. So you're gonna far. do it. You're gonna do it. Mm-hmm. Um, my case, so my next track is also gonna come from that episode. You might as well just put them together. This is Player Phase Three from War Song or Langrisser. Yep, I'm telling you, crossover, crossover for the Sega Genesis. Noriyuki Iwadare and Isao Mizuguchi, also known as Thought of the Holy. good everything that's right and good and awesome about sega genesis music is in this track right here it's funny too because he submitted this track and i didn't even think about this until we were picking tracks for this episode Mm -hmm. but they i did buy the langerser one and two re-release for the switch i wonder if they remixed or like redid this track or if it's the same one in that game too but now I want to check it out and it's, see. Uh, so it has, it, it, to me, it's got a, um, oh my gosh, what's the other RPG on the Genesis that I liked? Uh, tac- tac- no, it's the tactical one. It's got... Shining Force? Shining Force. Yeah, it's got a Shining Force feel to it. It's I, something, about, something about this part right here. I'm not going to complain about that. You know how much I love Shining Force. Did you ever beat one or two? Because if not, you need to get on that. No, no. And I have it on my phone. I should just I should just get through it. You can play it with one thumb. Yeah. <laughs> what you know what it needs is a is a fast forward button. It it on the phone it doesn't. I'm no, surprised. It needs a fast forward button because man, I got things to do and I can't wait for the enemy to make their turn. <laughs> I just need to make make their turn. Um, and also, I should probably sit with a with a guide too because I want to make sure I'm talking to the right people and I'm making the right moves because old SNES games and Genesis games that they didn't there were no in game tutorials. So you yeah. had to know what each button did, not just what each button did. You had to know, like, okay, do I have to buy the armor for this guy? Okay, I'll buy a new armor. Well, he already had armor, but that's something to be said about. Well, that, though, I guess like, I just wasted my money and start over again. But there was there was something pure about that though too. Like, what was it? Um, yeah, pure when, you, when you're a teenager was, and you can use that, and you have all the time in the it's world. Not, it's not even the all the time. Like, resolve user, he's been playing through Shining Force to himself. Yeah. I think he recently finished it, and I remember he was in the chat saying, like, this game is so like. Just there's not enough information they give you. It's uh, very convoluted. I don't know how people did this without a strategy guide. And my take at the time was like, well, everybody's experiences is different, so I can't refute anything he's saying. It's a hundred percent what he's experiencing. But this game didn't have a strategy guide, to my knowledge. Like when I played, mm-hmm. it was on Sega Channel. I was like thirteen uh, years old. Yeah. And how you finish these games on the Sega Channel? I have no idea. I played a lot. Could you, could you? I can't remember. We did a whole Sega Channel episode, which was 
to me fascinating. You had to be able to save because that's how I played through yeah, Fantasy Star had Four. To save, yeah, there was save states. I think it saved to the to the system to the unit. I think. Yeah, it was it like the, the, the little cart has some way to keep track of the file, but I know that you couldn't have a ton of save files on there. Like if I played it, I think if I played a different game or two, mm-hmm. maybe it even went away. Yeah. But I know you could save a game because I did it for that. I did it for Mega Man, The Wily Wars, multiple games. Mm. So. But the thing about it, and then I'll stop holding this up because I know the time, <laughs> is that uh, sometimes it was just the way you came at a game. Sometimes you found yourself just being like, okay, if I approach this game and this is what they're giving me, if I'm, like, if, like, if I'm a puzzle-solving kind of guy, I'll go, if I do this and hit this guy, the number is big. If I put this on him, <laughs> the number is bigger when I hit him, which means this is the better thing to yeah. give the guy. I get it. I get it. I get it. But I feel like... Especially early game, like every decision that you make could result in bigger problems later down the road. You there know? we go. EB confirmed it. You can save on Sega Channel, but it would get overwritten if you selected a new game. That's what it was. So That's, I just kept playing the same about, game. I remember we talked about that. All right, so we are moving on to your next track. So yeah, I freed up two spots for you. Yes, you did, which means I'm going to go back in time a little bit here because now I'm out of order. Um, <laughs> this came from episode 35-7, Magflesh Reflections as well, mm-hmm. released on January 18, 23. And this came from Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Uh, and it is the Team Star boss battle theme, composed by somebody because if you know Pokemon, they got like a gajillion composers on their roster nowadays. <laughs> yeah. There's the vocals. There's the vocals I was just talking about. Little ground. <laughs> this is the Team Star boss theme for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. I, this is one of my favorite boss themes they've ever composed for the franchise, in my opinion. And it hits, it hits different when you're actually playing it. I just wish the battles themselves were tougher to actually encapsulate the, you know, the aggression that's in the track and that push. That it was like, okay, I'm going to kick this guy's butt, knock him off his truck. Also, I want the freaking Rever Rooms with their, what's that movie? Like something torque, sparking torque. They have a unique move that you can't You're get. You're looking at the wrong guy. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to know. Game fan knows what I'm talking yeah, about, yeah, though. Yeah. Like, there was like a, they released a recent Rever Room as a download code, and everybody thought that that Rever Room was going to have the torque move on it, and he didn't, which is just dumb. I want the move. I want it now. Mm. This track is great. I wish Scarlet yeah. and Violet were a better game, but with that said, I still put like 200 hours into it, so it still is Pokemon, and I mean, that's, that's enough. That, that's, uh, this guitar solo sounds like Bill and Ted Adventures. <laughs> wailing on that guitar. Well, they are wild stallions. <laughs> I mean, those those are some of the, the freest trainers in the Pokemon world, if you ask me. I don't me. think any of my tracks are going to match the, the, the energy level of this one, to be honest. 
Uh, so we're going to listen to this one. Uh, this is from 36-2, Wildcard and Out Again, um, from 19XX, The War Against Destiny. This is the arranged version of The Last Ditch Fight, music composed by Shun Nishigaki. Showed up to hang out with us today. I genuinely. Do. Oh yeah, me too. Hey, we got eleven people in the chat. That's really nice. Thank, thanks to everyone. This is this is more than our usual our usual lineup, our usual uh, usual like weekday setup. I'm telling you, it's it's all about the jazzy fusion tracks for me this year. They they all hit me really good. And I'm glad you pick them because it allows me to revisit them and be like, oh wow, this does click for me when I'm hearing it on the two headphones, <laughs> two buds. Yeah, you can hear both. Yeah, you hear a lot of these tracks in stereo are so much more. It's got so much more going on. Um, I'm gonna let's read another letter. This one's from uh, our listener, friend, other podcaster, Martyrus, host of the ReVGM podcast. He says, "Hey guys, congratulations on eight years of great video game music, awesome banter, and uplifting life advice." That's all you, by the way. No. Um, I'm glad to have found that a podcast while searching for video game music and to be inspired to start my own. Not a week goes by that I wait patiently for what the next topic will be. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> What's been going on in real life and what Purnell is thinking about the universe. And 2023 was a year of many happenings, both good and bad. While the valleys were often were often and long, the peaks of life were a nice break and gave a reason to continue moving forward. There have been some good happenings in my life and for ReVGM, the podcast, one year anniversary, Masters of VGM, the release of super, the re-release of Super Mario RPG. Uh, two things that have happened, which were definitely significant, was reaching the 100th episode and being part of a program called Radio Sega. That's very interesting. Uh, reaching 100, as I understand it, is a big deal. It there, is. Yes, it is. There were times when I wondered if anyone out there was still listening to my podcast. They I, do. And they do. I try my best not to pay too much attention to stats. It's great to see someone react when I post a new episode, but it's uplifting to see someone comment on an episode. Uh, it lets me know I'm doing something good and I should keep going. And now here I am, part of the 100th episode club, along with Rage Cage of the VG Emporium. I'm definitely looking forward to 100 more. Good. I'm glad. you got to keep keep uh, keep moving on. Um, when Radio Sega contacted me to be part of their Winterfest 2023 program, I was excited. I'd never produced a pre-recorded episode for an ongoing program before, and the experience has been fun though not without some pains. Removed tracks and dialogue for time, inserting audio sweeps to promote the event. Um, I had to change my mindset for a bit um, and approach production in a different way. The radio edit for the episode turned out well, despite the pains I went through. It was worth the experience. So again, congratulations on podcasting for eight years. Perhaps one day I'll reach that moment. Martyrus, you will. You absolutely will. And something worth noting uh, that I feel like has become more and more prevalent to us as time has passed if you put out an episode and you feel as though someone didn't pick it up or whatever, the important part is you put it out there and it's out in the ether somewhere mm. because you'll be surprised three years from now when someone's like, oh, I was just browsing 
the internet and I came across your show and I liked it and I listened to the last three years of it. Yeah, that's the fun, that's the coolest thing and that's why about podcasting, that's something probably why we're going to continue in this this medium as opposed to change it to another medium, another reason to stay in this medium is that like we might be done, you know, five years from now, 10, well, however. Mm-hmm. We, and, but there's still going to be so much of the show. People are going to start still discovering it now mm-hmm. and going, and they have eight years of content to enjoy or to go through, you know? So like, you know, if you keep making it, people may not enjoy it right away. It's not like streaming or, or other formats out there on the internet where you're going to have immediate um, feedback. Just it's imagine, rare that you get immediate feedback. Just imagine you're putting out ReVGM season two, and as Simpsons season thirty nine is out on the air, someone finds ReVGM season two, and they're like, "Man, this is the golden years. This is when it was really special." I'm yeah. listening to this. This is when it, this is when it was it. This is this is when it was tops. So, but thank you very much. Thank you so much. It means it means a lot to us to just to read those words. Pernell, what's going on with you over there? You got one more track. Got a few more tracks. A few right? more tracks. <laughs> I got a couple. Thank you for giving me two back. Um, <laughs> so this is a track that I think you submitted. Oh. So this comes from episode 36-9, The Return, August 2nd, 2023. This is when we took our month break and came back stronger than ever. Uh, this is from the game Proto Corgi. Track yeah, title is right. called Leviathan 1, composed by Francisco Cerda. Was this a crossover? Uh, no, no, no. That's something you're like, oh, it's a crossover. <laughs> I just remember I remember the game Proto Corgi. <laughs> The music sounds great. I'm picking it for the show, and I said I must support this game. <laughs> so I went and bought it. It's great. I think it was a sh- it was a shoot 'em up, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's a side scrolling shoot 'em up. This this music I, I realized it reminds me of um, because I saw that this record label that I really enjoyed um, that was doing I guess the, I don't know what they what kind of music. It's definitely electronic music, but they called it internet music. It had a very specific kind of style to it. It reminds me of that. The, well, not. Not this section, but most of this track reminds me of it. It was called a uh, desk pop. I don't know if anyone remembers that desk pop. But um, there were uh, there were some great artists on that label. There was um, Floor Baba. There was Absurdist. There was Maxo. Maxo, who also does a lot of video game soundtracks now, um, working in the industry. So 
Um, and it just gave me those vibes. And like when I discovered that label and all that music on SoundCloud like ages ago, it just it makes me feel like really nice and nostalgic for that time. I gotta tell you something yeah. too that makes me think about when I hear like listen to this right now, and also a lot of Chesley picked for this episode, right? So I can't recall. I don't know how many people here to list that are listening to this watch the uh, game the, the game awards on like the Jeff Keighley Game Awards, wherever wherever network it's considered hosting them. But uh, the top games that were in like the game of the year roster, they were all great games. I'm not even saying they weren't. Quite the opposite. They're fantastic titles. They deserve to be there. But if you take all their soundtracks and line them up, they all generally have that cinematic yeah. vibe going yeah. through them because they're meant to be like these massive set piece games. Uh, which means that a lot of it makes you think how many people out there that are just like, you know, just the average, I'm going to play like two blockbuster games per year. Yeah. Right. How many of those people will never get to hear stuff like this because the games that are made for them don't play video gamey music anymore? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. There's a generation of gamers, game players out there. He's saying gamers, uh, video game players out there. That the whole generation of them that that listen to game music or consider game music to be very different mm-hmm. than how we consider it to be. And I think it's because a lot of people are like, oh no, video games are important. Mm-hmm. As a medium, so and and by I feel like it's code for saying, oh, it's like a movie it has to be as awesome as a movie experience, and so and as such, that movie experience means you get more like cinematic, cinema style mm-hmm. music, which is fine. It's great. I'm not down talking that style. I'm just I'm not drawn to that. I'm Same. not I'm not personally drawn to that style of music for just hanging out and listening purposes. Agreed. Yeah. Like, well, like Mark, our friend Mark, like if you're riding around with him, he'll listen to movie soundtracks in his car. Oh, yeah. And he remembers them and he loves them. And I'm always like, it's amazing how I love VGM and I'll bop to that, but I can't recall for the life of me any music I've ever heard in a movie. I'll tell you, unless it's John Williams. John Williams has it's got like a real handle on like motif and melody within cinematic music. Um, I was listening to I have Sirius XM and I was listening to um, one of the classical stations and it was like pop pops classical stations and it was playing um, music that I didn't recognize from one of those newer Star Wars movies Mm -hmm. it was like Ray's theme and I was like that's right this isn't like this isn't like an Avengers movie. Like, like John Williams wrote this music. That means like every character probably has a theme song. Yeah. You know, and I'm like this was, it was awesome. It was so good. It was so good. Um, so yeah, there's a difference there. Definitely mm-hmm. a difference there. All right, so I'm going into. Oh, God, he picked a really good track. Um, work for it, man. So good. All right, we're going into. I mean, technically, you picked that track. But. Yeah, this this is what I picked. This is from 37-2. Get by with a little help. This is where we talked about helping each other out and how getting help with video games and support groups and support lines and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Um, this is music from Dudon Pachi, Daiojiao Black Label. This is a peaceful death, the ending music, composed by Manabu Namiki and arranged by Tomoko Sasaki.
Well, there better be a good, th- better good ending theme if you're be- if you're beating this bullet hell like just beast of a game. So good. Dota and Pachi just throws me off though because I'm positive I've even played one before. Mm-hmm. I think I've seen the covers like a girl in a school on a uniform like on the top of a mech or something. Yeah, on this one, yeah. But yeah. like I think it's just because the name of the game, but I can't I can never tie the name of the game to gameplay in my head. <laughs> I just can't. You hear this you hear the name like I know that name. No, is that a sports game? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I always mentally kind of confuse it with? What's that one shmup where it's about the buff guys that fly around? <laughs> Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. I don't know the name of that one, but yeah, that's a, that's a that's a that's a silly one. That one's on the Turbo Graphics or, mm-hmm. the, or PC Engine. Yeah, I always get that name tied to that game, and I can't get it back to the actual game. That's Yet so I funny. know the cover because I know Dodo and Pachi Resurrection. Yeah, so. Resurrection. Yeah, that one has that that cover because that was one that was released mainly to consoles later on. Mm-hmm. But it was a three. It was a Japanese 360 release. Yeah, these 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 cave shooters are so much fun. For me, going back to playing or, or, or rediscovering bullet hell games through emulation um, and discovering how Cave did these games where like you, you have a button to, to, to focus your attack and slows your ship down so that you can get through um, uh, uh, bullet patterns easier. Mm-hmm. The fact that it flashes maybe in the middle of your ship so you know where your hitbox is mm-hmm. on your ship. That all, all this stuff is like, wow, like in the scoring systems where it's just so interesting and fun to play. Like, that, that reminds me. Really I cool. gotta you gotta help me remember you're like, no, I'm not. Um <laughs> I have to bring a board game over one day that I think you need to try because I need to see if it measures up. It's called Bullet. And it's actually a board game meant to reflect bullet hell shooters. Hmm. So you're basically both playing as boss characters and you're trying to defeat each other with bullet patterns. Oh, that's interesting. It's apparently a. It was received very yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, that's that's. A, I, these are things that I like: board games and bullet hell games. So I'm, I'm very curious about that. It's almost like it reminds me of those Twinkle Star sprites. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's my jam, boy. Yeah. All right. What's your next one? All right. So yeah. this track come. This is a surprise one for me for this year as a whole. But I felt it needs to be on the show for that reason alone. This comes from Mega Man 11, and the track is the Torchman stage theme composed by Marika Suzuki. Like it's, it feels Mega Man too. It feels like Mega Man. Mm-hmm. And that's what's interesting about this track too. Uh, when Mega Man 11 first came out, I honestly did not like the soundtrack for the most part. There was like maybe one stage theme that I enjoyed. Maybe two it was like Fuse Man and Blast Man. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, beyond that, I was just kind of like, eh, this just doesn't feel like Mega Man at all. This feels weird. And then. Fast forward like a year or two, I finally decided to sit down and play through the game because I just want to see what it was like to the end. Music started clicking for me more, and this track specifically hit better than it did when I first heard it. Oh, it wow. has the right level of urgency. The stage is a ton of fun. 
is very stressful. <laughs> Even for a Mega Man game. Yeah. And you might remember earlier this year, uh, the Waldrons came over to visit with the kids. And Matt took his Steam Deck out. And we were all talking games. And I was like, oh, you started playing Mega Man 11. Oh, and I right. took his yeah, console yeah. at your house. and was like, oh, I can help you. Let's do Torch Man State. I'm like, play it through. He's like, how are you doing that? I'm like, it's fun. It's Mega Man. It's, it's in my DNA at this point, right? And he and I have this ongoing feudal and whether or not the slide and the Mega Buster charge shot were needed to make the games better. He hates the slide. He hates the Mega Buster. I like them both, though less for the Buster. And I was like, see, in this game, they make you use the slide. If you don't slide, you cannot beat the game. Flat out. Wow. So it's like, this is what I'm telling you. This slide is great. This track is great. Mega Man 11 is great. And it kills me that they have not made a Mega Man 12 because the money's there. Maybe the game didn't sell as well as we thought, but I, I want another Mega Man game. So EB's in our chat, and he's, I think he posted his copy of this game. It's going to come up. Don't yeah. spoil it yet. <laughs> but I just know about... I was being surprised by it because I'll talk about that in a little bit too. Yeah. But uh, EB sent us a letter, a testimonial, if you will. Um, and I am going to read that now. Or so, also, also a track, but again, we're not playing this track today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I could think of a few things to celebrate this year, but I feel like a good one would be finally importing an N64 game. That being Konami's Rakuga Kids, a pretty interesting 2.5D fighter that only officially released in Japan, Europe, and Australia, where you get to fight as hand-drawn crayon doodles and build up your magic meter to perform some wild combos. The soundtrack by Kozo Nakamura, Tomoya Tomita, and Masahiro Kimura is full of some cool surf rock tunes that is sure to give you some Dick Dale vibes throughout. And if you come across this game, it is worth a look. Certainly a standout N64 title. Anyway, I've had this game on my radar for years, and I was always trying to reckon how to even play it if I managed to buy it. Should I buy a game shark that may or may not work, or should I try to save away at the Solway at the Culture slot tabs that prevents other region games from working on it? Eventually, I saw that Hyperkin had come out with a pin extender called the Hyperconvert, and I guess on a whim, I bought that in the game not too long ago. And I was amazed to see at this game that America never got working on my SD4, and I realized I need to get more of the hang of Rakuga Kids controls and mechanics. I hope I get to find some cool imports for the SD4 down the line. Maybe, possibly, send in punishment. Oh, yeah. Happy podcast anniversary to you two, and hope you all keep doing this for many years to come. We'll try. We'll keep trying. So, my experience with Rakuga Kids is I've never played the game. I'm just going to lay that out there. But I'm familiar with the art, and I'm familiar with the music, because Poppin' Music 10 actually had a track from Rakuga Kids. Oh. And the main, the character for that track was a character called Bear Tank, which I believe is actually one of the doodle animation characters in Rakuga Kids. <laughs> um, and the track is like... It is so good. And I play it all the time when I play the games. Music games can help connect you to, to music like so much more deeply than other like other ways. You know, just listening to it. It's Absolutely. Because so, then, like you get the notes and the motions you do with your hands or with your feet, it really like ties you into it. You know. And it's real quick. So he says, "Beat Mania Game Boy for Game Boy also has Rakuga Kids on it," and that oh, is correct because cool, 
the Rakuga Kids theme was a crossover track from Beatmania Game Boy. Oh. So the Bimani games did a lot of that. We're like, hey, this game was this track was featured in Beatmania right. or was featured guitar fees, but we want to have a pop and music note chart for it too. And it just kind of kept people going between the titles. Yeah, it was like a cross promotion onto each one, and so people can play the same songs they liked and maybe mixed in a different style somewhere else. I miss that era, <laughs> yeah. man. That was something. Well, hey, if we're talking about music games, here we go. This is from Busted Groove. This is level, uh, level, our podcast episode 36-7, Level Up. This is Dreams of Sky, Oceans and Rainbows, Sora to Yumi to Niji ni Yume. It's music composed by Devi Kobayashi with vocals by Akihiro Sugawara and a rap. Wait, was this? Oh, DJ Ike. I'm ready. So while it's in my head, I was listening to the radio yesterday at the 90s station. I've been listening to a lot of Sirius XM because I, I got it for like a few months and I really enjoyed it. Um, and this song came on. It sounds just like this. Oh, this is a little bit slower, but it still played that. Um, what was it? The entrance of the gl- gladiators. <laughs> it was Heavy D and the boys. Now that we found love. I didn't yeah. even think about it. You even got the rap what section like this. <laughs> Man, these games were a trip. Oh, I think I can do it. I think I can do it. Let's see if it, let's see if it works. Yeah, here we go. we found What are we gonna do? Oh, I know, man. That was my jam. It all fits. It all fits. Um, all right. We got another letter here from uh, Rage Cage. And I should the also Rage say... Cage. The Rage Cage. Oh, it's not even a letter. It's actually a, uh, an audio message from Rage Cage. So we're, we're going we're gonna to jam this one into the episode. Oh, man. Um, I should say that on Rage Cage's show, the VG Emporium, I will be on his episode on January 18th. So a month from today. What's the topic? Can you spoil it? Yeah. Um, I'll spoil it. Yeah. It is VGM that could be rap instrumentals. Oh, this is really well talked. And it's just really me, like, just nerding out about hip hop and video games for just, like an hour. Just saying, now you got to bring Hamsteam on there. <laughs> oh, I should bring Hamsteam on there. Um, so, yeah, so here we go. Let's listen to some words from our friend, the Rage Cage. Well, hey there, Robin Purnell. This is AJ or Rage Cage of VG Emporium. Just wishing you a congrat- big old congratulations on reaching eight years. And even with the big changes that happened to you both uh, throughout this last year, you've been able to keep it up and you know, get to this point. Inspiring us fledgling podcasters as well as showing those that may be podcasters someday that, you know, even through crazy life stuff, it could be done. Now it's for time for me to tell you what four has happened to me throughout this last year. Let's see, I um, celebrated my first year anniversary of my podcast. Thank you guys again for that huge inspiration. I got gifted a Switch, which brought me back into the world of gaming, and I celebrated that by blasting through all four No More Heroes games within the span of four or five months. Went to my first MAG event after knowing about it for like the last 20 years and never being able to go. Um, in the form of MAGWest here in California in San Jose. You know, getting to meet so many awesome people, fellow chiptunists, composers. Got to see the boys of Pixelated Audio record their live show with George Sanger. I mean, that was pretty cool. Got to do some beatboxing and play some of my original music at the chip space. And got to experience Gwabs. 
two and a half hours of glorious insanity into the wee hours of the morning. And I am very much looking forward to this next year. Getting a little bit more involved at the chiptune scene with uh, Button Masher's Discord server and his monthly compos. And then, of course, got to celebrate 100 episodes of my own podcast. And then to cap it off, today is my 36th birthday. Happy birthday! On your eighth year anniversary. Pretty dang cool, huh? So yeah, again, congratulations, guys. Eight years, big number. Hopefully you guys can make it to the double digits. And remember, Rob Purnell, to do a cheesy rap when you find a hidden gem in a bargain bin. (laughs) <laughs> um that's so funny that uh it's funny he's yeah because um someone rage cage also mentioned in our chat mm-hmm. that Mega Man is also 36 today that is so wild <laughs> yeah. he and Mega Man are the same age but now it poses the question if he's mm. still in the chat he is still in the chat if you were, if Mega Man were to defeat you what would be the weapon he'd obtained from you oh that's hilarious okay if he um oh yeah uh, oh, I'm so sorry. I was just reading something else in the chat. What would he obtain from me? That what would be my weapon? So it's not just. Is it like what would I use in a in a fight? And then they would take that from he me. He would take it from you, and that would be the weapon he uses yeah. going forward. Yeah, it would probably be niche hip hop knowledge. So, oh, the record scratch, man. Yeah, that's your weapon. I t- that's what I said, right? You said hip-hop knowledge, but what would the weapon be called? It, it, the uh, record scratch. It'd be called bore him to death <laughs> with with facts. <laughs> I just imagine the weapon screen, this like long trail of text cuts off. <laughs> <laughs> the beat bo- uh, There it is. Rage case. His weapon would be the beatbox. The beatbox. And that would be bar. Like Mega Man would like start beatboxing. No, 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 like it, it, comes, it comes out like in a square. <laughs> he fires a square and that it, releases it, yeah, beats. It takes your enemy and sticks him in him and just <laughs> beats him to <laughs> It's the beatbox. That would be amazing. <laughs> All right, for now, what is your next track? What would my weapon? No, I kid. <laughs> um, so this is actually another one of those tracks that I was surprised came along. But yeah, this game has great music. Um, this was mentioned on episode 36-10, Cats with Chell Wong, released on August 16, 2023. This is from the game Pochi Nyan, the BGM9 track, and is composed by Daisuke Nagata, Katsumi Tanaka, and Ko Hayashi. <laughs> it sounds it sounds manic, panic, a little techno-y, and a little circusy. Yeah, I, I'm glad you never took offense to that. No, I, it's become a running <laughs> gag now. I listen to circus music. Um, I like I like what I like, and the important part is that no matter what it's described as, it still sounds really good. Um, I used to have a friend in my old job used to say I listen to girl angst music. That was my <laughs> genre. Yeah. He listens to girl angst. I'm like, what's wrong with that? 
Uh, but yeah, Pochi Neon is a game that I've never owned, but a friend of mine who hosts Neo Geo parties used to slot it when I came to visit, and I came to really enjoy it. It is a game where you're basically matching dogs and cats. I love it. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, Pochi Neon. It is Pochi Neon. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like how Super Puzzle Fighter worked, where you had the normal gems, and then you had the crash gems, except in this game, they can become crash gems whenever you want. You choose when to make them crash like and that, break. Yeah. But then that also means that now you have to be smarter because you can't blame the game for not giving you the crash gem when you want it. <laughs> so it's like um, it's like getting the L piece whenever you want it. Like you can convert something to an L piece. You can't just complain. Oh, I'm getting all these S shapes. You can do it anytime. You can do it anytime you want. But now it means you got to play smart yeah. to get them to work for you. I am going to change the energy here again. This is gonna. This is from. Uh, we listened to this one actually fairly recently on the show. This is from Etrian Odyssey. Ooh. Azure Rainforest. You didn't... Oh, I'll take... I'm glad. I didn't... It was one of the game tracks I had on my list, but I didn't select oh, it. Oh, you didn't do it? Okay, so... But I'm glad you picked it, because that means it makes it to the show. But this is the original the original track from the game. Azure Rainforest, Etrian Odyssey for the Nintendo DS. Music by Yuso Koshiro. This is from episode Fall Flavors. Fall Flavors. Sweetly. Which I feel is kind of like that. It's just like leaves falling down. Yeah, Tranquil Forest Walk. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Tranquil Forest Walk. We are going to get attacked by monsters left and right, right? But you can beat them. You're a land schnicked. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but I'll just use my beatbox. I'll use my beatbox. Yeah, I fell, I fell in love with this track when you played it on the show. I think you played it. Or did I play it? I definitely picked this. Yeah, you picked it, and then I found the um, the arranged version. It's so good. It's so so good. This is this is just great, great classic BGM. Yeah, I, I love this track so much. And it's kind of funny too because normally when it comes to Eometronasi games, you might hear me pick like the FOE themes, yeah. or the boss themes, but the dungeon tracks really do hit a special way because they're just serene. And you, you pick your tracks based on the music, but also mainly from like like the game itself or where it is in the game. And so like this fit that theme. Mm-hmm. And for me, like it's just oh, it hit all the notes. I just really like that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I so definitely you- recommend down the line if you mm-hmm. find yourself some time, just listen like just a variety of the dungeon themes that Yuzo Koshiro composed. Because I always say this whenever I get a chance to. People hear Yuzo Koshiro and they always think, oh yeah, it's true, true, true. It's so much more. He's done so much. Speaking of which, actually, the next track I'm going to pick is a bit out of order. Oh because my God, you do one. the segue. Oh, I love it. Sometimes I can do that. <laughs> um, but this this is one of the tracks that you gave me free room to use because of the crossovers. Uh, okay, okay. This is from the game The Scheme, composed by Yuzo Koshiro, the track title being called Hardy is the Strongest. I don't even remember which episode it was from because, again, you just officially gave me access to use it. Um, I'll, I'll, fi- I'll find out when we're listening to the track, but this was on my short list. I almost picked this one. Mm-hmm. So I'm really, yeah, I'm proud. I'm glad this is on, I'm glad this is on the show. 
solo sound right there. It's really good. And it's, it's amazing, too, how when you listen to this, if you have that extra bit of knowledge to you, you realize the connection between this sound and the stuff he composed for Ease. Yeah. Because a lot of people don't realize that he composed the music for the original Ease games. So it's so good. I love this track. And I've questioned, see if I can find a way to emulate this game and play it. Mm-hmm. Uh, though even if I could, would it be a game I want to stick with long term? Because it's Ooh. very archaic. Yeah, and if is there a, a translation? Oh yeah, yeah. There has to, there, there hopefully would be a translation. If not, you'll have to have like a script and read through it with the script. That sounds well. Tough. Oddly enough, a lot of people don't use Google Translate on their cell phone. Oh, they just like, scroll over it. Wow, and it's that good. Yeah, like I know Francis has done it a few times. Oh wow, he says it works. All right, so this is our ninth track. It's coming down to it. I've got somebody to pick from. Um, all right, this is... I gotta do it. This is from our last episode, 37-6, Field Day. Having a field day. Championship mode from Nagano Winter Olympics 1998 for the N64, composed by Sashiro Hokai, Akira Yamaoka, and Keioko Fukami. So Maybe Twitch goes towards your rating or something like how do you hide yeah. you in the hierarchy? It's a Twitch nonsense. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah, um, we're listening to music from the uh, Winter Games Nagano Winter Olympics 1988 Championship Mode from Episode 37-6 Field Day. Uh, this is a jam. It's always amazing when you come across music. I'm, I'm doing sports I'm skiing. Games I'm doing that's a, not licensed. Cross country skiing right now. <laughs> Correct. Like music that's in a sports game that's not a Mario sports game that is also not licensed. That is awesome. Yeah, that's great. I love it because it always ends up being pretty solid because they have to go for a certain vibe, and that vibe is pretty much just like. And also, this era of like the of N64, PS1 to PS2, it's very like, I don't know, this style of music. I can't even describe it. To me, it sounds like Sega. It sounds like classic Sega arcade jazzy fun good it just makes you want to sway makes as i'm sway. doing as of right now as my voice is going in and out of the microphone i'm right. swaying around it we are on to our last track for now i don't know how i'd rate this in the overall structure of like my top tracks maybe before we close i can actually choose which three were my favorites <laughs> but i will say i can't not have had an episode and not pick this non-video game track because it made my top listen tracks of the year on spotify too. oh yeah so this was a track I heard and mentioned on episode sharing with friends World 37-3. It was from a band called The Mains, and the track title was called Hibachi, and it was featured in a video related to the Transformers. I almost picked this, but I wasn't sure if I should. Oh, I was it's like, so I, cool though. It's yeah. a track that has resonated with me ever since I played it during my interviews to build myself for my job interviews. <laughs> and I'm like, no, nah, this track has stuck with me. In such a way that I want it to, it deserves that kudos. Yeah. All right, let's, let's listen.
play this on the radio today, and it would be a hit. It should be. It's a thing like this brought up. This brought to mind something when I was listening to it, and I've had this discussion with multiple people since then. It's that idea of the positives and also negatives of the fact that it's very, very easy for a band to get their music out there for people to hear now. It's that situation where music and video games and movies has just become so constantly flowing, so so vast. The access is so, the, the quantity available to you is so vast that it's easy to get lost in the shuffle. It's easy to just go unnoticed, no matter how good your sound is. And it makes me sad that a song like this is not well known. <laughs> it's just sitting on Spotify with its less than one thousand listens. Uh, it's so good. And Everyone, it's so good. It's the mains, M A N E S. The mains. It's and, so good. And I remember when we played it on the show, I was like, "It's not from a game, but it does tie to like '80s and '90s kids culture." Yeah. And I would not be surprised if I ever came across a video game and this was the opening theme song to it. Yeah, or if there was like a trailer for a game and like this was in that trailer. It would fit. Yeah. It, it would, would, it fit. would totally, it's so Windjammers three. Windjammers three. What? This track and then Oh yeah, as Wind Jammers, Wind Jammers 3. three. Yeah, totally. I can it, see that. It would be like a little like like with a, some vocals in the background, someone going, Frisbee! Let's do some frisbee. <laughs> Gonna jam on top of the wind. I've got the summer power. <laughs> power of summer frisbee. <laughs> Something like that. Oh my god. Alright, um Okay, my last track. I'm not sure if this is my favorite, but as far as hidden gems go, this is this is super hidden. This is from Mario Madness 36-4. I have to play it on the show. This is Practice Makes Perfect, the Mario Teaches Typing Rap <laughs> hidden on the CD by Legacy X, which is Gregory R. Allen and lyrics and vocals by Andre Egan. Oh, let me show you something right quick. Hold up. See? Uh. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. See what I'm saying? See, bust this. about all the guests that we've had on the show that surprised me the other one Mustin he had Mustin on the show this year mm-hmm. he's, he's still kicking it yeah he's kicking it old school with the yeah. Mario the Mario mixtape that he did I really enjoyed that, that we had two Mario episodes one before him and then one when he came on himself It was. I, th- I thought this was after no, because remember, he had to postpone for a week. Oh, that's right. But we already had Mario picks chosen. We're just going to do two Mario episodes. Your memory is way better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> Which says a lot, because I'm worried about remembering 50 lines of script. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, this is this is, this is might be my top, because it was just such a surprising surprising song to find. A surprising find, honestly. And, uh, and it's, it's pretty good. So, 
uh, Mario teaches typing on the CD. Um, so I had two back, two alternates then left over. It was the uh, from the Art of Balance for the Wii U title screen music, which mm-hmm. is our VGM podcast tribute, where we meet, we kind of gently made fun of other other VGM podcasts. Oh, that was fun. That was a tribute. We that just, was hundred percent. We, we, really we, we just we just emulated them. That was fun. Um, and then also Paradise Killer, Knife and Crystal. Um, that was also from the same episode, I think. So, I think I had a couple more. Like, because yeah. I, I had a total of twenty that I had in my short oh list. My I had Wario Land Four, Crescent Moon Village. That was a good one. Yeah. Mario and Sonic at the London Olympics 2012, the Mario Sunshine Boss Battle like remix that they did of it. That was great. Uh, Etrianasi Three, Hoist the Sword with Pride in the Heart. That was like the FOE boss battle theme in that game. Uh, Devil Summoner boss theme covered by SSH. That was also on the Chris episode, Chris Weiser episode. Uh, this track, which I still think should be the end track for the show, winners from Lunar Silver Star Story Complete. Yeah. Uh, sea of Stars Encounter Elite by Eric Brown. Whisker Squadron Survivor Molten Reactor Meltdown mm-hmm. by Chell Wong. The Luthia Boss theme, Luthia 2 Boss theme covered by Tosic Eternity. That was my last follow-up trial. Wow. So I got through most of them because of crossovers. <laughs> I know. That's right. Because I, this is the first year I think we've actually had crossover picks. Multiple. Which is awesome. So everyone, thank you for joining our stream. Thank you for listening to our show. We, we really appreciate it. Um, and if you want to get in contact with us on the show, the best thing, way to do it is over our email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. And for a full track listing of this episode and of all of our episodes and access to all of our episodes, please go to our website, www.rhythmandpixels.com. And if you'd like to support the show, you can support us through Patreon at patreon.com slash rhythmandpixels. You get access to all of our episodes ad-free. You can also get uh, cool stuff like mugs and stickers and uh, exclusive T-shirts. And we also like to thank all of our Patreon members at the highest levels at the end of every episode. So I'm going to click the correct button. There we go. <laughs> we want to thank Brooke, Corey, and Khalid. Thank you, all three of you, so, so much for supporting our show. That is huge, tremendous help. Uh, Kristen, GameFan44, I don't know if you're still in the chat. You might have left No, she had to leave earlier, unfortunately. Thank you very much. Uh, Martyrus, host of the ReVGM podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Mike Myers, who also became a dad at the same time. Thank you very, very much for supporting our show still. Uh, Antmaster, Brian Pitt, Cameron Worma, Carlos, Kung Fu Carlito of the Heroes 3 podcast. We were all also just chatting the other day, actually, about music. Uh, Chris Wisner, Musashi219. The wise guy. Uh, thank you also for joining our chat and hanging out and being a supporter of the show. And, and an Octopath supporter. Octopath, Octopath Octi. Call, Octopath Pow. We call them Acti- Octis. Octis. Um, thank you, Christopher Senstrom, host of the Gameable Audio Podcast, also a, a guest on our show. And congratulations on your recent interview with a fantastic yes. David Ventura. Yeah, he's doing an excellent, excellent work on his on his show, Gameable Audio. Uh, thank you to Davey Cakes, David Good, David Taylor, Enchilada Regal, Harold Howard, a new new Patreon subscriber, Jamie. Thank you so much. Um, thank you to Triple Jeff, Justin Schneider, host of the XVGM Radio Podcast, Keith Shusterman, another new Patreon member, Kitty Sparks. Thank you to Rage Cage, host of the VGM Porium. Again, I will be on his show January 18th. Thank you to Reinhard Selkova, Reinhard Selkova Steve Miller, Taco, and Zach Thornbach, all of you, and many more, many more. Thank you for supporting our show. It means great deal to us we really do appreciate it and again heck considering that we've been at this for eight years and people were like we want to continue to hang out with you guys 
Thank you. Again, like life, we are in such different places now. I lived in an apartment. I was at a, like two job, two or three jobs ago. Yeah. You know, I was seeing somebody at the time. I was driving a different car. I my dentist was in a different building. Yeah, we were recording in that that room in my, my in my place. Yeah, yeah, with a ceiling that was like ten feet tall. I went back and listened to an old episode. I'm like, there's so much echo. <laughs> what happened to our voices? I weighed sixty pounds more. Yeah, yeah, I was oh, a wow. big boy. Uh, things have been they, life has been so wild. <laughs> yeah, and we're still at it. We're still hanging out. We still like time has been weird to us, but we still get our games in when yeah. we can. And the show kind of evolves with us. And so I want to thank everyone here for for coming along for the ride. Thank you for hanging out with us a long ways. And if you find yourself having some time to talk about it in the Discord or through email, hit us with your top games of the year. Hit us with your top track picks of the year from the show or in general, because uh, it would be nice just to kind of read up and hear about that and have that dialogue. And I know sometime next year, we are definitely going to do our top games of 2023 or top tracks. We are definitely just our top tracks, but our top games of 2023, because I have a surprising list that I have to write articles for now in the next couple of weeks because of that. But uh, I was very pleased with this year's game releases, despite having very little time with which to play them all. (laughs) You're like, oh, these are so awesome. I'm so glad these games are getting released. I'll... I'll play them one day. Yeah, like one I had to vote for on sheer principle, and I put a ton of time into it within yeah. a week, and I was like, yeah, I don't regret that choice. This fits the mold, but I had to go on faith with the selection because time was running out. So, yeah, games are great. Music is great. You're all great. Uh, yeah. Just keep at it, man. Keep just keep it. doing your thing. Yeah, thank you. And, and, and um, again, if there's more you want to see from us, let us know. If not, we're going to keep just making up crazy things and doing it. Mm-hmm. Like weird ass topics that no one ever suspected I expected us to do. Well, I'm, uh, Musashi's ready. Eb, the wise guys like I got collab topics ready. Eb mentions on on uh, on our on our chat here that I should get like a dragon Gaiden so I can play Daytona two and Motor Raid at home, and I just want to tell Sega why 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 make why emulate. Why remake these amazing classics and stick it in another game? Because the other game is great. It's like if the game is terrible, that's one thing. Because like now I gotta buy this trash. I'm title. not buying a whole other game just to play these games. How I'm much sp- would you spend? Here's the thing. How I much was, would you spend? At, at least thirty on, on on each of them. Okay. Would you actually spend thirty on each of them? You're saying? Or yeah. You- yeah. I know. I know. I know. I could spend sixty, but I don't want to have to play through like a dragon just to get to Daytona. You, would, you wouldn't play through it. It's literally the moment you can walk around the city, you just go to the arcade and play it. Like that's what makes it cool. So I have to find. So, so, so you're telling me <coughs> the UI of the game is another game? <coughs> it I, is literally it makes walking me upset. Around, you're I don't like walking that. in Japan and you go to the arcade. That's what it I'm is. I'm not going all the way to Japan for now. <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> I'm not, yeah. I'm, I'm going to play Super Hangar 2 on my copy of I want to do Yakuza. I'm just going to have to just, just buy an arcade machine, clearly. Put it in my garage and let it collect all sorts <laughs> a, of weird animal As opposed yeah, to just walking into the virtual arcade yeah. like a dragon to play the same game. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the show. We'll see you next week. Thank you very much for listening. And, for, and thanks for everyone in our Twitch chat for tuning in. Your name is Rob Nichols. And your name is Pernell. And remember, uh, yeah, like I said, eight years has been a long time, but we're keeping at it. Life changes happen and schedules have to fluctuate to get things done. But the important part is if it's something we like to do and we want to keep doing it, 
we make the effort to fit it in when we can to make sure that it gets done. And that's true to life, too. If you want to get better shape, if you want to eat better, if you want to play different games, read different books, get a better education, any number of things. If the issue at play is time, there's I'm not going to say there's nothing stopping you because life happens. But if you want to make it a priority and fit it in when you can, in that case, there is truly nothing stopping you from getting that done. If you don't get to do it as often, that's fine. You just want to do it because that still builds consistency and consistency is what makes things happen for a person. It's not that stupid meme where the guy goes, it's because I'm determined. No, consistency makes you do something that you all you find yourself like, I'm too tired, but I'm consistent. I can't break the trend. That's the facts. That's how you do things that you find yourself too tired to do. Just be consistent. And that's it for me rambling. Have a good night and thanks for hanging out with us. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening, because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better, because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7.